0: Praise Lord, for Thy great plan, that we thy dwelling place
1: may
2: be.
3: Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry. During his ministry, Witness Lee emphasized the experience of Christ as life and the practical oneness of the believers, He was unbending in his conviction that God's goal is the body of Christ. Through his messages, he stressed the importance for us to grow in life and to function as Christians so that the body can build itself up. We're happy to bring you recorded portions from his ministry today, along with some of our own thoughts. And we welcome your comments and questions. You can reach us toll-free at 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Now let's join today's program.
1: Hebrews is a book of warnings, warnings to believers. We know that in our salvation we are spared God's judgment on our sins. But what does it mean that judgment begins at the house of God? We'll look at how God will judge his children in the coming age on today's Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. This program is provided by Living Stream Ministry and is based upon the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Our message today comes from Witness Lee speaking in 1975 and Gary Kaiser has joined the program for fellowship from the book of Hebrews. Welcome back to the program Gary. Thank you, Matt. It's my pleasure. Gary, we're going to begin today's life study of Hebrews by looking at a verse in 1st Peter, chapter 4, verse 17. For it is time for the judgment to begin from the house of God, and if first from us, what will be the end of those who disobey the gospel of God? Gary, surely this refers to us, the church, yet Christians don't typically think of judgment having any implication for us once we're saved. What is the context that God will judge his believers?
2: The focus of Peter and his epistle is on God's governmental dealings with his people. On one hand, we are absolutely saved, redeemed by the blood of Christ, and regenerated by his Spirit to be children of God. This is an accomplished fact that will never change. Praise the Lord. But we're not yet full grown in Christ. This growth depends on our daily living. For our daily living, God judges us, or we may say God disciplines us as sons for our growth in life. God's goal is not merely to have some saved, pure, sinless people, it's to have a people who have grown to maturity by being filled with Him. And So Peter speaks of fiery trials, sufferings, rejection, persecutions. We are in need of such dealings in order to grow. And God also needs to deal with us righteously for His kingdom's sake. If we are pursuing to grow in Him, we will repent of sins, self, the world, and God will quickly and thoroughly pardon our sins. But if we do not pursue growth, we will bear our sins even to the judgment seat of Christ. Then Peter's warning is, if we, as the sons, are dealt with in this way, how about those who are
1: disobedient to the gospel? Thanks, Gary. That's a big help. Um, On this matter of judgment for the believers, then, you indicated that we have a present judgment, which Peter described as the fiery trials. That is primarily circumstantial or environmental, but then there's the coming judgment seat of Christ that, as believers, we will be involved in very, very much.
2: Yes, God is
1: intent on
2: raising up full-grown sons. If we do not respond in this age, there will be more severe discipline at the judgment seat of Christ, as Paul points out in 2 Corinthians 5.10.
1: Well, this matter about growth will become our topic as we get into this life study message from hebrews let's join witness lee
0: first peter chapter 4 17 says the time is come that the judgment of god begins at his house if the judgment would be at god's house then How much more would it be at the people who would not obey the gospel? So by this verse, you can see the house of God is different from the people who would not obey the gospel. God deals with his house in one way, at one time, and God will deal with those who would not believe in the gospel in another way, in another time. By this, we all can see we have been saved, and we have become God's household, His family. But this doesn't mean that we will not be judged by God anymore. Rather, it says, God's judgment will begin at his house. If God is unjust with his own children, how could God go on to judge his opposers, those unbelievers, to be just God, to judge those unbelieving ones, God firstly have to make a righteous judgment at his children. This is the principle. Not only so, we all have to see God's intention is not to have a universe with a group of clean, neat, righteous, right persons. None of them is wrong. God's purpose is to sow himself into his chosen people, to make them children, to regenerate them, that they may have God's life as their seed, that they may grow with God, and they may grow in God, and they may even grow into God, and they may be transformed fully into God by being permeated with all the elements of God. This is God's intention. God is to get a group of people filled up, saturated with Him and by Him. But Satan comes in to frustrate God's work in this way, mostly by sin and by the world, also by the self. So for us, to grow in God's life. We have to hate sin. And we have to give up the word. And even we have to deny the self. So to deal with sin is not merely for dealing with sin. To deal with sin is to get rid of the satanic frustration that we may grow. To get the forgiveness of sin it's a small thing, but to get yourself away from the sinful frustration that you may grow in God's life, this is the main thing. If you have committed some sin, and if you have the desire to dress up and go on, God will surely forgive your sin. Amen. Don't be bothered by that. God's intention is not just to give you the forgiveness of sin. God's intention is to bring you onward. That you may grow and grow and grow. We all are human. We make a lot of mistakes. As long as we grow with God, God will spontaneously cleanse us with the word of Jesus. Don't worry about that. God will take care of that. But you have to grow. If you wouldn't grow, if you wouldn't go onward, yet you will just ask God to forgive you. God... Is faithful he may forgive you but you would not be in the fulfillment of God's purpose to fulfill God's purpose is to grow to get your sin forgiven is something too much on the negative side to grow all the time this is something on the positive side so let us grow to get into the seventh
1: Gary, this is interesting that the judgment seat that we're talking about today that we as Christians face deals not with our sins or our behavior so much as our growth in life. Comment on this.
2: The Lord's goal is full-grown children. The death of Christ was necessary to fulfill the righteousness of God, but that was not His goal. His goal is to produce sons. We saw this in Hebrews chapter 2. Although on the one hand, he suffered death on behalf of all, and on the other hand, he destroyed the devil through that death, his goal in resurrection is to lead the many sons into glory. He is raised up in glory to lead the sons into glory. For us to be brought into glory, we need not only to believe in the Lord Jesus as our Savior, we must cooperate with him in his bringing us into glory. This process in chapter 4 is called entering into his rest, growing into oneness with him in all things. This is a process. So today, we must deal with sin and self and the world even hate these things, and though we often fail to be restricted from them, we need to repent and seek forgiveness, and he forgives. But his goal is not our forgiveness, it's our growth up into him in all things, to become like him for his expression
1: and for his representation. Gary, this is a very illuminating word today. Let's go back to Witness Lee for more of our life study from the book of Hebrews.
0: Matthew is a wonderful book. It is a book of mysteries. Matthew 25 has two parables concerning us. One is the parable of convergence. The other is the parable of talents. The parable of convergence surely depicts what kind of life we should have. And the parable of talents surely portrays what kind of work we should have. One is for our life, and the other is for our work. Our life must be a life of a virgin. And we must have a faithful work. In the ten virgins, we see what life we should have. A watchful life, all the time bearing the testimony, going out of the world, and going to meet Him. We need such a life, not only with the Spirit, enlightened by God's Spirit, but also with our being, with our vessel, with our soul, transformed with an extra portion of the life-giving Spirit. This is the life we need to have. Then how about our work? Our work has to be like a work of a faithful servant using God's given talent to do business for God, to make some interest, some profit for God's economy. In the second parable, we have double qualifications. Number one, we have our natural ability. Number two, we have the God-given talent, and the talent is given according to our natural ability. What is the natural ability? I know so many of you, spiritual ones, don't like to hear the word natural. Well, don't be that spiritual. God didn't expect us to be that spiritual without being natural. Only an angel could be spiritual without being natural. Do you like to be an angel? No. You are not an angel. You are a human being. You do have a natural makeup. Here in Matthew 25, it says, The talents are given according to your ability. You have an ability already. Why? Because we are a living person. Every living person has an ability. Don't you have some ability? I don't care how spiritual you will be, you will never give up your ability. No. Who can give up his or her ability? Everyone in the church, no need to say you are living your spirit, even you are living your natural make. Are you not living your natural make? Amen. For 40 years, I was a little over spiritual. I was only spiritual, I was not natural. I was taught wrongly. Eventually I found out that didn't work. To be spiritual depends upon your being natural. If you are not natural, if you could never be natural, you could never be spiritual. You read Matthew chapter 25. In the parable of talents, first of all, all the servants have their ability. Paul had his ability. Martin Luther had his ability. Every one of the Lord's servants has his own ability. You have your ability. And how many talents? Five, two, or one? Will be given to you. This will be according. To your ability.
1: Gary, this was quite an unusual word from Witness Lee. That to be spiritual in the context that we just saw from Matthew chapter 25, it depends on our ability according to our natural makeup. We usually think of spirituality and being natural as opposites. Can you make this uh, clear for us?
2: It's interesting that the parable of the talents uses the term, he gave to each according to his own ability. That is, he gave to some five talents, to others two talents, and probably to most one talent. Uh, The one talented member did not receive five talents. His ability was he could not care for five talents. So, he received one talent, each one according to his own ability. This indicates that the Lord dispenses his spiritual gifts among his slaves according to their natural ability, which is constituted of God's creation plus their learning. Uh, we see that in Matthew twenty-five, fifteen, note 2. This means... That to share in our Lord's kingship, we need the natural ability. However, this natural ability must go to the cross, be put to death, and then be resurrected to carry out the Lord's purpose by cooperating with the Lord-given
1: talent. So the one-talented members that we generally think of are us—that's the majority of the believers— But then there's also the many talented believers, the ones with multiple abilities, and that's the two talented or five talented members. So we're going to see in this next section somewhat of a biographical sketch of a multi-talented member. Please stay tuned. This is going to be very interesting. Here's Witness Lee.
0: Let me tell you a little story about Watchman Nee. I can tell you one thing concerning his reading. When we pass on a new book to him, he just say, oh, this book is not so good. We got bothered. (laughs) To our registration, he hasn't read the book. Sometimes I check with him. How you say this book is not good? Then he pointed out. Here is a point that is wrong, another point that is wrong. Eventually, after his talk, he picked up every point. My goodness. (laughs) We spent three hours to read this book. And we even, with three hours, didn't pick up so many points as he did. Not only so, the book, with all the points, he read 20 years ago. He could still remember so well. Christianity has been nearly 2,000 years on this earth. A lot of things happened. It would be really something for you to read through all the church histories and biographies. It will take a long time, but Brother Ni did all for me. He just told me all the things. I got surprised. I said, man, when did you prepare that you can remember all the names, all the events, all the years, and so forth? I am not now preaching him. I just give you an illustration. No doubt, he was a real character. When he was 17 years of age, he got saved. After two years, he started to have a church life. And after three years, 1925, he wrote his paper, which he called The Christian. When I got to read that book, I saw this writer should be at least a man over 70 years with white beard. (laughs) Because the writing is full of experiences. And eventually, I found out he was two years older than I. He wrote those papers when he was 22 years of age. After four or five years, in 1929, he wrote The Spiritual Man. Could you believe? A young man. So, more talents were given him. You may take an excuse to say Praise the Lord, I don't have that much ability, so I have not been given with many talents, so I don't have that much to do. Well, whether you begin with five talents, or two talents, or one talent, the principle is the same. If you begin with five talents, surely you have to get another five. If you begin with two, you have to give another two. But don't take easy when you say you are the smallest one that you have been given with one talent. The danger is always not with the bigger ones, always with small ones. You look at it. The five talented ones made another five talents. The two talented ones made another two. The one talented took excuse. He gets a punishment. Schofield, so many fundamental teachers, they all say the one talented servant was a false one. If they don't see this, they have no way to get out. Because all the fundamentalists are covenants. Because the covenants believe once you are saved, you are saved forever. And how could this one talented servant be really saved, Yes, put into darkness? So they cannot reconcile. They have to say, this is a false one. When I was young, I was reading this. Nearly my teeth all came down. <laughs> oh, Dr. Schofield, <laughs> you are a man in doctor degree. Yeah. You should be very logical. And how could you say is this servant, even talented by the Lord, is not a real one? You must see between communionism and Arminianism, there is the bridge of reward. And reward means either a prize or a punishment. And Arminians say it's all by human responsibility. But the Bible says it's grace for responsibility. It's the divine grace for human responsibility.
1: Well, Gary, Witness Lee's description of Watchman Ne really did show us a many talented member who faithfully invested his talents for the Lord's interests. But the warning that we're looking at in the book of Matthew and also in Hebrews doesn't just apply to the ones that have many talents. What about us, Gary, the one-talented members?
2: We may decide that we don't have that much ability, so not that much is given to us, so we don't have that much responsibility. But the point of the parable of the talents is that we must be faithful slaves to use what has been given to us. It's interesting here that there are the two aspects concerning our preparation for our meeting the Lord. One is the matter of being watchful in our life. That is a matter of buying the oil. But the other is a matter of being faithful in our service. That is how. How do we use the talents which are given to us? It seems theoretically conceivable that we might be faithful, maturing in life, taking in the oil, spending time with the Lord, enjoying his presence, praying, praising, singing, yet not faithful concerning our talents. The result of that is still the same. That is, we will not be able to enter into the wedding feast of the Lamb, not able to receive the reward of the kingdom. Our life has to be worked out in oneness with him. The one talented member is rebuked as wicked and slothful, wicked because he does not care for the master's interest, slothful or lazy because he does not pursue those interests. We have to watch to grow in our life. We also must be faithful and diligent to serve the Lord according to what he has dispensed or assigned to us. Otherwise,
1: there will be a price to pay at the judgment seat. Gary, this is really a comprehensive message. It touched several things from the judgment seat of Christ to how we have the responsibility of utilizing and really investing what God has given and committed to us. There's a role for every member in the body of Christ, and these warnings are really written to all of us. None of us are without an excuse. Thanks for your fellowship. It was very penetrating.
2: It's really a privilege to be here. And to enter into these things and be refreshed and to also be put on notice that we need to receive this warning with much fear and trembling before the Lord. At the same time, be full of enjoying Him buying up the oil day by day. Appreciate that, Gary.
1: If you'd like to call us, our toll-free number is 844-LIFE-STUDY. That's 844-543-3788. We'll continue with the Life Study of Hebrews as we go on. For Gary Kaiser, I'm Matt Miller. Thank you for listening.
3: Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. To contact us, please call toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Thanks for listening today.